Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. And we're back. Not as happy, not as joyful. It's so it is Tiffany and I guess I think I'm Mandy. I don't know what is happening in the world anymore. I don't know. Up is down, left is right. I feel like saying the um the what's his name Kendrick Lamar song. We gonna be alright. That's good. That's a good one. Yes, we need like we need like a a, a peppy like a playlist, like post election playlist. <laughs> we should. And if you don't like Solange's album, let me tell you, that Crane song that'll that'll the Crane song I I listened to that on repeat on the play on the way there, because I really did. I try to like sleep it away, drink it away, <laughs> eat it. Oh my god, I ate so many of my feelings. The one good thing about <laughs> being in Savannah, <laughs> ring dings. What are those little ones that have like the little swirl like? It's, it's they're brown cupcakes with a little white swirl on top. Oh yeah, ding dongs or they, they're not ding dongs. There's something else, but I had them and I have not had them in years. Wow. Someone, what are you doing? Where did you even get those? I don't even know. I was like in Walgreens and I looked at them and I was like, normally this would never happen, but you're coming home. With <laughs> That's me. like PMS food. Yes, it is. But you know what it was? It ended up being. I was like, oh well, no, maybe this one. But yeah. It This is our first, our first show post um, postpartum, aka post election, post apocalypse. Yeah. It really does feel like this is one of those decide like it's like before and after. Like the life will not be the same as it was yeah. before yeah. November eighth, two thousand sixteen. You know, it's just so crazy because when he first said he was running, I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, I. I just assumed it was like, you know, just publicity or whatever. And then when he got the, when he secured the nomination for his party, I thought, oh, what's happening? But I still thought, well, he's still bugging because, you know, with the stuff that he said, there's not enough people that would vote for somebody who would say that. Never in a million years, yeah. Never. I mean, and then I'm not going to lie, though, like a couple days leading up to the, to the actual, you know, to election day. I was a little bit nervous, but I was like, I don't know. But then that day, I was really, really, I just, even before the voting had really started, even though everyone on my timeline was all Hillary, 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 everyone. I went to go vote in Westfield. Um, Everyone in line was Hillary, Hillary, Hillary. Um, I still was like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And then 
you know, the numbers started coming in and I just could not watch. I just said, I'm going to go to bed. Like, and I couldn't even sleep. You went, you went so, to like, bed? What t- when did you stop watching? I stopped watching maybe around like eight-ish. Oh, wow. Yeah, I just couldn't <laughs> because I just, I had this feeling of impending doom and I was just like, I can't. So I told like my, t- my Facebook timeline, I'm like, just someone text me. I'm going to watch HGTV. I could not take the ups and downs of the numbers. Mm. Um, but I had this feeling of impending doom and I eventually fell asleep at like 1 a.m. And I had a nightmare that he'd won and like all that came along with it in my dream. And I woke up like breathing hard and sweating. And I looked at um, Superman and he just shook his head and I just laid back down for another two hours. I couldn't even face the day. It was a weird, it was, um, I mean, we, we stayed up until about 2 a.m. Mm. And I was uh, watching my man Lester, and I was like, Lester, don't say it. Don't do it. Don't do it, Lester. You could see how in in shock everyone um, mm-hmm. on TV was, all the news anchors, all the pundits. They were all just like, they just kept saying, it, you know, how do we get this wrong? How do we mess up so bad? And, I mean, I got the text around 1 a.m. or so when the New York Times, I got the alert saying that he had won Pennsylvania and that he was – you know, there was basically no path for Hillary anymore. And I just like turned the phone off and closed my eyes. And I probably didn't fall asleep till like three o'clock. And then I had to, we um had a pre-planned trip down to Georgia. Um, so our flight was leaving at eight. And so we were up around five. And it was, it was like someone had died. Mm. And being outside, and especially on the way to the airport, um, it was, it was like this head and it was very foggy and gray and overcast in New York and everyone was like moving in slow motion and when I finally got to the airport and you know, you're like stressed out finally get to the gate and I'm sitting down and I start reading um, texts I'm getting from friends and email and I start I, I'm completely avoiding the news completely can't like re- I don't want to read any headlines I don't want to see the word victory I don't want to see his face it's awful and I I just started crying like a big fat baby mm-hmm. in the Delta terminal um, which I never in a million years would have expected I don't think I realized until I woke up on election day the gravity um, of what would happen if you won and that's when I started really getting scared I was scared yeah. all I had it was like this weird foreboding you know yeah I think we all kind of felt it like what if what if we, that's the great unknown it's what you yeah know, what if and the, the the what if happened and it was a, everyone family friend well, not so much family a lot of my family voted for him actually um friends it's it's like we're all sort of sharing in this huge grief like this grieving you, process you know it's, what what it did for me is like of course you know i was like super duper upset and then i thought to myself what did we miss because you know, one once the numbers started coming out as far as like who actually voted for him, you know, we were all under the assumption it was small town folks and that's who voted. No, but it it wasn't just that. I mean, that I can understand to a certain degree. I, I told myself to be open to the fact that everyone doesn't live like you, Tiffany. You know, that there are people who have not recovered from the recession. There are people who the the current state of the United States, it's not working for them. And they voted for that change the same way that I voted for change with President Obama. So that I could, I I could at least understand that. But for some folks, like, I didn't get it. Like, uh, you know, 
like if I lived in, you know, rural Kentucky or whatever, and I'm like, you know, the economy hasn't reached here. I need something. I need help. I can, you know, I can understand that. But then folks who were kind of, who are not that, who, you know, in, the live like I do. I'm like, what was the, and I'm, I'm honestly interested in hearing like why, you know, what was it about him? Or oh, they'll, what, that what, they'll tell you that it wasn't about him. It was about her. Okay. That it was less about Trump than about not liking Hillary. Um, and what's crazy about those people, and, you, you know, I count some family members among that philosophy, a lot of people hated both of them. You know, I, I had a conversation with my mother, which is haunting me now from about a few weeks to a month ago. Um, and we don't talk about politics. You know, she doesn't like talking about it. We've never really agreed. Um, but, you know, I brought it up and and she said, you know, I just hate both of them. There's just no good choice. And I said, you know, what is it about Hillary? And she's like, you know, didn't really give me an answer. And I said, well, have you looked at either of their campaign websites? You know, if it if you don't like one of them, go to their campaign websites and look at the issues, you know, look about look where they stand, look what they want to do, look where they're heading. And she was like, oh, that just won't change my mind. Like, I don't even want to bother. Um, and I dropped it. I was like, this is not, you know, what I'm going to do on my lunch break. We're just going to get into a big fat fight. Um, and I just kind of let it, let it go. And I, and I realized, um, a lot of people like her and officially, I don't know which way she voted. Um, we have, we aren't really talking (laughs) to be honest. Um, but I feel like a lot of people who were in that situation, you know, I just don't like either of them. They just picked him because he seemed like the the lesser known um, worst thing. And, mm. but what truly pisses me off, you know, first it was sadness and depression. The first day in Georgia, I felt like I was going behind enemy lines in a way. I know, I was thinking Georgia. <laughs> I know. When I got on that flight, you know, 99% white people, there were some bros and some old ladies. And I was like, I, 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 I'm, I'm like really ashamed of it, but I was staring at them with such hate. I was like, I was like, red-eyed and teary and I was like staring at them like you did this do you know what you've done how are you on your phone just chatting everyone was being so normal I'm like don't you know what you've done um granted we were in New York at that point like they might not have been you know <laughs> Georgia voters but and when we landed in Savannah we were in we went to to Savannah um which I later found out actually voted for Hillary thank God um which made me feel a tiny bit better about being in Georgia at that time um uh, when we got there, our Uber driver, he was like, how y'all doing? He was like in a pickup truck. His name was Bert. And he started talking about the election. And I was like, you know what we're not going to do yeah. is talk about that right now because I see all those guns and camouflage in your back of this pickup truck. And I don't need to hear your thoughts right now. Yeah, I don't. Um, but it was sadness the first day. And we actually rescheduled all of our – we had all this wedding planning stuff we were going to do. And I was like, cancel it all. We'll do it Thursday. Um and the anger started setting in, like just the anger when I started reading and, and hearing from people. Well, don't worry. He's not really going to do everything he said. Like, we're really just hoping that he's going to, you know, once the election's over, he'll just turn into a different person. Like, of course, he'll change once he gets to the White House. Um, but the thing is so crazy. It's what worries me is not so much him is the people that he's going to have in his ear because this this is this is new territory for him you know he has never been a class president 
uh, a mayor, uh, you know, sat on city council. So he, everything is new about what, about this position for him. So he's going to be relying on a lot of people and it's the agenda of those people. Like, honestly, in New Jersey, we know about Chris Christie and how he is the devil incarnate. Mm. And for him to have like an ear, you know, Rudy Giuliani, it's, I mean, post 9-11, we were like, go Rudy, go. And then he just has slipped down the, the you know, the hole with, with all the rest. And so just seeing the people that he has in his ear, that's what makes us nervous, makes me nervous. Um, I read something like Michael Moore, actually, right? Michael Moore, you know, the guy who, who did, um, he's like super well known for all his documentaries. I think mm-hmm. he did that supersize me mm-hmm. and he did another one that was really great but he basically always pulls the lid off of like what's really happening and he predicted you know donald trump winning um and he kind of gave five points of why he's going to win and i thought wow you know and then when you read them now you're like in hindsight you're like oh yeah that makes sense um and but he also predicted and i'm not i'm I'm kind of with him. He's like, either he is going to be impeached because he has no concept of what's allowed and what's not allowed, or he is going to leave. I mean, Donald Trump already looked overwhelmed. Did you see when he met the president? He looked like, um, I don't... Can I don't, we talk about that? Because I yeah. could not get out of bed hardly on Wednesday, and Michelle Obama and Barack Obama were sitting down. Michelle was having tea with Mrs. Voldemort, and Barack Obama had to get up the day after the election and you know, meet Trump and tell America everything's going to be okay. I can't imagine. Yeah. Like, they are superhuman. They are They're superhuman. They're like, that's, that's all the class. I know. That is the only thing that's stopping me from, like, rioting is that, okay, if they can do it, then Jesus Christ, I need to get it together because I can't even talk to my own mother right now. You know, I'm just, like, really, really struggling with all the dark, the dark evil, you know, thoughts and stuff and you know, to think that they have been so graceful about it. You know, we really, I mean, I really needed, it took me until yesterday to finally re- to listen to Obama's speech. Have you listened to it yet? No, I was like, I didn't listen to Hillary's Obama. Honestly, I, I told myself, you know, in the, in the effort to maintain and encourage self-care, I said, I just was not ready to receive that into my heart just yet. Because like once I knew, like once he, like honestly, I didn't even, I have not heard anyone say on television, Donald Trump is the next president. I just refused. I just looked at, you know, Superman and he confirmed and I said, okay, that's, I don't want, not right now. I just, Mm. it's too much because it's scary. Like already people, you know, women were running like, should I, should I get my birth control? Um, Honestly, I was just about. Isn't that crazy? Like student loan forgiveness. Like there's so many things that I'm like. Well, like 100,000 people signed up for Obamacare this week after the election. 100,000, I read that. Because people are afraid. Yeah. Like, Supergirl came home, and it just broke my heart. She went to school the next day and came home. I said, are they talking about the election in school? She's 10. And is that fourth or fifth grade? That's right. And so I said, um, are they talking about the elections? And she said, yes. So her school is largely many of the kids there are, are children of immigrants. It's, it's, a, it's a heavy Hispanic um, South American um, population. So Ecuador, Venezuela, all these places. Um, and she's, she said, yeah, my friends are scared. I was like, why are they scared? She's like, 
they don't know. Like she was, she was saying something to her, like trying to invite a friend of hers to a party. And she said, I don't know if I'll still be here. And I was like, what the hell? She's like, you know, they're scared if they're, if they're going to be allowed to stay, if their parents are going to have to go back home, if they're going to have to go back home, if they're going to be allowed to be here. Can you imagine? Like, I just was like, oh, my heart broke. And, you know, she's just like, I don't, and, you know, not knowing, like, and honestly, it's, it's not even something you're like, oh, these kids. No, that's a legitimate fear. Mm -hmm. You know? There were a lot of headlines written about parents. Huh? There were a lot of stories about parents the day after what you tell yeah how you tell your kids that you know the bad guys won what did you guys tell supergirl like what what were her questions i I didn't even know what to say honestly because what do you say i just said well i don't i didn't even i just asked her questions about how she felt and, and and what they said i didn't even have any i didn't have any honestly any words i just said wow well I, I certainly hope that doesn't happen. Because, I mean, what do you say? I can't say, oh, that would never. You know, you go to your mom and you're like, oh, there's a monster under my bed. There's no monster under your bed. Look, there's no. Th- I can't give her those words of, of you know, I can't give her those, 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 the confirmation that it's, it's not going to happen. I don't know. I don't know that your best friend is going to be here in six months. I don't. And I don't know. It's like feels so surreal. I I keep I go back and forth between living in the reality of what ha- what's happened and being like it's too much, it's too much, and then pulling back and then just trying to focus on the work. Meaning like, well, what can I do? You know, like what within the the you know my small realm, what can I do to help people? Like you know, despite this, and so I've been like I've been going back and forth and and not really spending much time in what's what's happening and then just pulling back I don't know it's just such a scary time I'm like it's so crazy when when George W. Bush won I was disappointed but not scared you can't people are trying to compare it you know no I was not scared I was Mm -hmm. mad and disappointed don't nobody want him as president mad disappointed yes scared legitimately scared and afraid no It feels like the second half of Harry Potter, the last movie. I know you're yes. not a Harry Potter fan, but when Voldemort steals the the pow- most powerful wand from mm-hmm. Dumbledore, who's died. Dumbledore's died. He's all goodness. He's dead. Voldemort's in power, and the movie fades to black. Yep. And that is Everything literally is like what. And what it feels even like. even if you read the Harry Potter books, when you watch that part of the movie, you're not certain. You're like, oh gosh. I don't know if it's going to work out. What is happening? Let's I just pray that we have a part two. You know, yeah. I mean, this is like the cliffhanger. It's what comes. The next. only thing I to myself is that the world has seen every type of leader imaginable, good, bad, terrible. And somehow we prevail. It doesn't mean, but what are the consequences of that? Like, I know in the end, somehow you prevail, but at what cost? It's the cost that worries me. I don't doubt that we're going to prevail in some way, some, but what will we lose in that transition to prevailing, you know? I think the only thing we can hope for is that his voters are right, that he's not going to be, that he's not going to make good on those racist, xenophobic promises. Um, it seems like an empty hope, but it's all you can do. I mean, I've read the, the most comforting stories I've read 
the few ones that I've read have been calls on Trump supporters to verbally tell him what they're telling us, tell him that they don't agree with the racism, that they're not xenophobes, tell him that they that's not what they want from him, that they elected him for economic reasons and not for racial and religious ones. Um, and he needs to know that. He needs to know <laughs> that people don't want that from him. Maybe it got you where you are, but that's not what they want to see going forward. Um, I, you know, and I know, even though I've said oppositely this week that not all Trump supporters are racist and xenophobes. And I know that, like intellectually, but there yeah. are many, many of them who right that now, are. like the KKK is planning yeah. a parade celebrating people are wearing blackface kids in school are being oh. chanted at to go back wherever they came from girl just the other time day, is up i posted this on my facebook page and it was a young woman that i knew she took a class with me um, at the united way and she lives in um, a neighboring town right next to where i live and she posted how she was standing outside with uh like she was walking into a store it was another uh, black woman with her, but they weren't together. Just two of them happened to be walking into a store in a town that's like fairly multiracial. Like it's Bloomfield is not, you know, heavily one way or the other. It's there's a lot of everyone. And she hears this woman, N word, like go back to Africa, N word next. So basically referring to the election. And yes, and she couldn't believe it. She was like, wait, I live in Jersey. She said she looked at the other woman and said, is she talking to us? And the woman looked at her like, yes, dummy are we're the only black people out here like walking into the store and she just because jersey is a blue state and where we live is, is like i said like very multicultural this is not like a all all any kind of one type of race like at least that that city anyway and she was just like she'd been reading about the stories all day about people being verbally or physically attacked as a result and she just could not believe it was happening in real life to her. So I shared it on my page and I wrote, is this Trump's new America? And a woman came for me and said, Tiffany, I, I thought better of you than posting crap news. And I told her, I said, this is not, I wish this was crap news. This is not crap news. This is someone I actually know personally who shared an experience that just happened that not, not saying it doesn't make it not happen. And she's like, yeah, but how is this helpful? And I'm like, People have to know this is what's happening. Like I don't, I don't understand the, I don't understand the question. That telling the truth is always of service, even if it's the ugly truth. Mm -hmm. And if the ugly truth is, because I know that there were some Hillary supporters that beat up Trump supporters, tell that truth too. Like we have to know what's ha happening so we can address it. I think the silence is what got us here. I didn't realize how many people were, you know. Were I mean I, I always just assumed people were angry at the uh, Obama administration because he was black, but I didn't realize how many people were economically not prospering. You know, I mean, truthfully, I did not. I mean, I. It's but you know what's crazy, like that's true. There are definitely people who are struggling, especially in historically working class blue collar areas that rely on factory jobs that have been you know, outsourced or replaced by technology in a lot of ways. But you can't look at the state of the economy today when, un when unemployment is at its lowest rate, six, seven years, you know, below 5% um, and say that something wasn't working. You know, mm. I, I don't get that. I don't get it. You know, I, I think, I mean, I, I think it's sort of like a classic situation where the people who are doing okay are a little less 
uh, motivated to vote and to get out there and the people who are struggling, you know, have all the motivation in the world and they just, but at the same time, you know, what's super depressing, we haven't even talked about this yet, is that she won the popular vote. Like if this had been a normal, you know, class student body president election, she would have won. Yep. It's because of the bleep, bleep, bleep electoral college that, you know, we now have this person, just the thought of him on the, I don't even know if I can, the inaugural, I just, oh, I can't think that far in advance. I can't. It's just blowing my mind. It's blowing my mind. President, like it legitimately blows my mind. Mm, Well... One thing I will say is if you haven't yet, yesterday I watched, um, first I watched Obama's speech and then I watched Hillary's concession concession speech. And I found them both really um, comforting. And, and I mean, I'm still scared, but I have to tell myself if they can stand up there and they can say the words and they mm-hmm. can tell us to move forward, um, they can be strong, then we got to get it together. And Honestly, after listening to Hillary's concession, um, I was like, Jesus, I might go into politics. I feel like we need more people, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the system who 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 think differently. And she, you know, she was really like a, it was a really an appeal to young people to not give up and to get involved and maybe not a politics, but just get involved in some sort of public service or just do something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just do something. It sort of feels like. Um, it's, it seems like it's, it's a chance for all of us to sort of self-reflect, like you said you were doing too, and just like, you know, what have I done and what can I do more of mm-hmm. to, uh, I mean, that, that's what I kept thinking. Like we, you know, you have power you do, even when it doesn't seem or feel like it, you do. And even if the power is to, you know, feed the next door neighbor kid while he waits for his mom every day after, after school or, you know, because like, Superman was that next door neighbor kid. And as a result, he, he feeds all the kids in our neighborhood and makes sure all their bikes have ears in their tires and all that kind of, so you, you have power in transforming one or two or three people around you. There's a, there's a trickle effect from that. And I think that sometimes people think you have to make these huge overtures. No, I started in a preschool classroom in Newark, teaching 15 kids at a time every year. And then from the kids, helping their parents. And then from their parents, growing a business. And from that business, helping women that look like me, you know, who are left out of the financial conversation. And now, you know, look where we are. 300,000 plus dream catchers worldwide. But it all started in a preschool classroom in Newark, New Jersey, helping 15 kids and learning how to teach. So you just don't, like, what can you do? Everyone can do something. I don't care how small. It doesn't have to be that you give money. It could just be being nice. It could be like, you know, checking in on your elderly neighbors, whatever that is, that you have way more power. And if we all exercise that in the small circumference that surrounds us, then, you know, there's just, there's, there's so much power in that. And if we exercise that, we can really, there's, you know, we can insulate ourselves partially from things that happen out there because we can change that. And for me, I think the real revelation and and sort of what I could be doing better is all those conversations, the hard conversations Mm -hmm. that I avoided this past year with family. You know, I have family in Georgia and Wisconsin. Hello. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, You know, apart from my my dad, who is black, and I don't even know if his family voted. You know, my dad was pissed because a lot of the people he knew, his friends, black friends in Atlanta, didn't vote. 
Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm not talking to anybody. Nobody went out and voted. Um, anyway, it's 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 that I avoided those tough conversations because it was uncomfortable. And, you know, I think missed an opportunity to have an open mind and, and hear what was happening. And or, you know, maybe I, w- I couldn't have changed people's minds. But, you know, I, I think what we do too often is just surround ourselves with people who think yeah. like us and you feel insulated and incubated. And there's a whole part of me that I that I've shut out, you know, a whole part of my family and a part of them that I've just like shut out and ignored. And I think it's time to start facing that. Um and stop living in a in a, it's sort of like our own fantasy world. Um, moving forward, they need to know how I feel. I need to hear them. They need to hear me. And you know, maybe it'll make Thanksgiving super awkward, but mm-hmm. at least it's honest. Yeah, you know, I was, I was thinking to myself, just like everyone else, I was like, you know, I was starting to unfollow people who I was like, this is bull. I'm not. I'm, then I stopped and I said, Tiffany, how are you going to know what people are thinking and feeling legitimately? Yeah. You know, if you, if everyone you're surrounded by thinks like you. And so I stopped because I grew up in um, Westfield, which is like literally like 99% white. Um, And so I still, like so many of my Facebook friends were friends from high school and stuff. And so, um, you know, I was reading some of their comments and I I can honestly largely, I can honestly say, well, Westfield voted for Clinton. And so many of them, you know, were Clinton supporters, but there were some that were not. And it was very tempting, and I'm not gonna lie, some of them that were super ignorant, I just said, you know what, block. But I kinda wish I didn't because I'm like, not for the friendship aspect, but just for the insight. Like, well, what, you know, the why and how are you thinking and what's going on over there? Because I I don't know, that's not a community that I interact with on a daily basis like I used to. And so I have no idea. And so, yeah, it just, this, this taught has taught us so much I hope it's a call to arms and I hope that, um, yeah, that it, it just makes people take action. And I guess we'll end the buzzworthy with just take care of yourselves, take mm-hmm. care of the people you love, hug somebody, pick some flowers, go outside, you know, definitely feel anger, feel sadness, feel all the feels. I mean, I felt all the feels and I was not a, not the best version of myself the first days. Um, but, I, you know, we're only going to win this if we continue being positive as much mm-hmm. as we can, when we can. Um, not all day, every day, but, you know, more often than not. And just try and try and put goodness out into the world um, and hope for the best. Pick up a copy of The Vogue. <laughs> Michelle yeah. on the cover. Oh, Michelle. Oh, we need. You know what I just felt like I needed was just a hug from Michelle. If I could just have a hug. <laughs> Just a hug and like a cookie and milk and like a pat on the head from our first lady. I would just feel so much better. Um, and I guess this Vogue covers as, as much as we're going to get. Yeah, at least personally anyway. <laughs> hey, BA fam. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. 
State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Alrighty, moving on. Right? Are you brown boosting or are you brown breaking? I want to do. I want to combine the boost and the win this week because I can't think of a better. I can't think of a better win or boost than the the bright side. There, there actually was a bright side to this election. Okay. Um, while we were horrified at who won the presidency, um, Congress right now, thanks to the election of several women of color is now at, at its most diverse point in history, which That's awesome. is pretty freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, there were how many? Six women, I think. Four Four women were elected to the Senate. Um, Catherine Cortez Masta will be the first Latina senator after she won in November. I mean, November. After she won in Nevada, mm-hmm. um, taking over Harry Reid's seat. Kamala Harris, who yes. I've actually interviewed because she was attorney general in California. She won. She was taking over a seat. Um, she's Indian and African American. She'll be the first Indian American in the Senate and the second mm-hmm. black female senator. Then we got Tammy Duckworth. She's going to the House. She's moving from the House of Representatives to the Senate. She'll be the first Thai American um, yeah. in the Senate. And then the fourth was Maggie Hassan from New Hampshire, um, who will be moving uh, into the Senate. So I just want to say congratulations. It was a woman that she was a uh, Somali American. Somali, I don't know. I can't remember her name. Oh, I missed one. Oh, Prim- well, I don't know if she's Somali. This woman is Pramila Jayapal. She won in Washington State. Immigrated to the U.S. after she was born in India. She was raised in Indonesia in Singapore. And then Stephanie Murphy, she won a seat in Florida. She's a daughter of Vietnamese refugees. She'll be the first Vietnamese. This is awesome. The first Vietnamese yeah. American in Congress. Um there was another woman, Nanette Barragan. She was the first Latina elected by her district in Los Angeles. Um, is this who you're talking about? Lisa Blunt Rochester, the first African-American to serve in Congress from Delaware? No, it was a Somali. Um, she, she, it's, I, don't, I don't know what um, uh, way elected. Hold on, Mike, look, okay. Because that would be dope. Yeah, there was. Because I remember she had like a... Her hair is wrapped. I don't. I don't know if in uh, if she's Muslim, but I remember. Oh, here we go. Minnesota just elected the country's first Somali American, uh, first Somali American Muslim woman legislator. Yes, she will serve in the Minnesota House of Representatives. There yes. we go. Um, was... And her name is Ilhan Omar. I love it. That's dope. Yeah, it was, and I just you know, and you're right, and with all of that, you kind of, you know, that's a really great brown. And honestly, that's, I mean, it's, not, it's awesome for those reasons, but it's also like, I think what people miss about the presidential election is that, yeah, the president is important, but it's really those lawmakers, the people who are in Congress on Capitol Hill every day, they really have a lot of the power. I mean, mm-hmm. the legislative branch of the U.S. government is a powerful branch. They have, they can go against the president. Yep. Um, and you the know, fact that. In the last eight years. Yes, clearly we've seen the last eight years. Um, But to have women and women of color, you know, it really, that's very comforting to me. Very comforting um, Mm -hmm. in the sense that, you know, you'll have people speaking up for you. 
um, at that at that lower level and, and an important level. And I, and I wish people paid more attention. You know, in two years when we're electing midterm elections, you know, show up. You know, people don't show up for midterm elections, but yeah. that's really an important time to vote. Really an important time. Um, and uh, yeah, I just wish people paid more attention to those smaller elections, even even city council. You know, the people who are doing. You know, running things on your on your on your corner in your city in your town; those are important positions too. And yeah, they are. You know, you should get involved and, and pay attention. But just wanted to say, silver lining, girl power. Um, yeah, that's a great. Really, really happy for all these women. I'm gonna do a random brown break. I'm taking a brown break from eczema. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Speaking of which, As I get oh. older. I don't know what's happening to my. Wait, you have mom. eczema? Yeah, so I didn't know. I I think um, I got like so my eczema is not like crazy. Like I'll get like a random little patch like on my on my hand, and then I'm like, oh, what's this? It itches, and I'm like, oh, it's eczema. Um, I thought I have really sensitive skin. I found out like when I was like in high school. I used to every time I would wash my clothes and put on like my jeans, um, my legs would feel like fire ants were crawling all over them, and then I would have this rash. And so I finally went to the um, dermatologist and she was just like you have really sensitive skin you have to wash with you know free everything so tide free all free whatever so I do but as I've gotten older I'll get a little patch of eczema here a little patch there but really only when the weather gets a little drier and so but lately it's just been like popping up everywhere I'm like oh this little patch on my neck is little so the only thing that's been helping thank goodness is when I'm not too lazy to fill the humidifier and I sleep with it like on like the, the, the nightstand next to the bed. And then like I wake up looking like a newborn baby because, you know, my skin is like, thank you for this moisture. So, yeah, I'm tired of this daggone eczema. I'm tired of growing older. I want to stay <laughs> young forever. It's so hard like, when the weather changes. Like my That's... skin doesn't have the same buoyancy that it once did. <laughs> um, yeah. Just wait so, till you have a baby and it sucks the life out of you. Oh, my God. I'm like, I know, this baby thing. Well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll try. <laughs> it's hard when the weather changes, though. I looked down at my own knees yesterday, and I was like, this is not okay. <laughs> I was like an alligator. Oh, I've never God. seen I'm my skin that crisp. That kind of stuff, but, like, my face, that's what's really, it's like around my mouth is where it's really starting to get dry. Like I said, But last night I slept with a humidifier, and I feel like 80% of the dryness that I had is gone. And I know if I sleep with it every night, honestly, my skin looks like it normally does. Hmm. But the humidifier is so big and filling it up is like filling up a tub and then hoping that you don't spill it on the way back to the room. So it's just so annoying. But I'm like, Tiffany, annoying or do you want to look like ashy for the rest of your life? We have like, a really cute humidifier. It's like a little, It's like a little teardrop. It's not little. It's like a gallon, I think, of water. But the annoying thing is that it doesn't hold very much water. So you have to change it every night. Okay. But it's shaped like a big teardrop, and it's really like it's fat. It's like cute. I have um, a cute one too, but it's 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 not really useful. Like the one I have, the old school like humidifier that that thing. The big like tub. Just yeah, it's like a tub, but, but it really works well as far as getting the 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 air you know moisturized. And so I have a really cute one that I mostly just use. I put like essential oil in it, like a little one that I keep um, at the office, and I have one at the house, but it doesn't really moisturize the air. So oh, gotcha. if anybody has any other suggestions for this daggone eczema and dry skin, like special lotions, I usually try to use natural things on my face because I am, I have very sensitive skin. 
please send them. Like I said, the humidifier works, but I'm tired of this eczema. And as I get older, I want to keep my mom doesn't have any wrinkles. And I'm like, I want to stay wrinkle free. And I know if my skin gets too dry, I'm going to, I'm going to start to raisin up and I don't want to, I want to be cute forever. Do you use, well, it's different. Well, I break out, so I don't use a lot of oils on my face, but I use jojoba oil and coconut oil on my body and my hair. Jojoba oil I use on my hair because it has a higher, well, this was more important when I was actually using a straightener, but it has a higher uh, smoking point. So it's, it it protects your hair more than coconut oil. Also, it absorbs into the skin better than coconut oil. When I was like, yeah, when I, I used to be really into coconut oil and I would slather it on myself and I'd get into bed. And my my sheets, there would be like a human body stain from the <laughs> from the coconut oil. And fiance's like, this is disgusting. Like we we threw our sheets out. We had to. So anyway, I stopped using it on my whole body like that because it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't like absorb into the body. I feel like as well as jojoba oil does. Um, but it's less expensive than jojoba oil, which is the annoying thing. But Trader Joe's has both of them. Um, mm. And then secondly, hydrating, like drinking a ton of water. Yeah. And um, but for my face. It's really corny, but my mom was always about the Clinique three-step process. When I was growing up, she swore by it. And I was like, that's for old people. Um, but my girlfriend, Shannon, who does PR for Clinique, um, actually gave me a bottle of the step three, the dramatically different cleansing, uh, mm-hmm. or not cleansing, dramatically different gel. And my skin has never looked better than when I started really? using this gel. Yes. And I don't know what's in it. I think it's a, I don't, I, I don't know. It's the gel. There's two. There's a lotion and there's a gel, but the gel is money. I swear mm-hmm. by it. I've been using it for like two years now. And Shannon's like my supplier because she gets a discount. I'm like, Shannon, you got that good, good? Right? I'm like, wait. <laughs> Can I get I'm to work for Clinique. Hook <laughs> up. I would love to try it because I'm like, wait, I am open. Yeah, just get like a little sample. Um, Yeah, I love it. But it's it's pricey. It's like $25 a bottle. And how um, much is a bottle? One of those little baby bottles? No, it's um I'm looking at it right now. It's like maybe uh six, seven ounces, but it lasts me a good six months. Like I'll go through two okay. a year. Um, okay. I think it's worth it. But Okay. I'm looking to clinique three step process because I'm just like, hmm. Yeah, no, I don't use any of the other steps. I don't use because the first two steps are a toner, and toners are awful. And yeah, a face wash. I don't need those. I just use the lotion after I wash oh, my face. Yeah, because I honestly I use Cetaphil as a face wash. And so, but you're right. I just, I'm not, I'm, I, I don't know what to moisturize with. Like I, you know, I use my Cetaphil because my skin is sensitive and I don't use toner. And I can honestly say my skin is pretty decent as far as like, you know, I don't break out or anything like that unless it's that time. Um, it's mostly just like the moisturizing component that I am having a hard time figuring out, but okay. And if you guys have any recommendations, skincare, uh, post-election self-care tips, um, yeah. go to go to brownambitionpodcast.com. Drop us a note, even if it's just to say, you know, something nice. So mm-hmm. keep us, you keep us, keep us alive. Keep us, keep us positive. Um, brownambitionpodcast.com. All right. Do we have any questions? We do have a question today. Okay. Let me pull it up. All right, this question, who I don't have a name to go with it, but um, this question says, oh, it's a long one. You guys love to type. Um, I (laughs) I stumbled onto your podcast. I unfortunately was one of those teenagers who was given a credit card or two or three and went wild, not fully understanding how to budget properly and how not to end up in a crazy financial situation. 
For the last few years, I worked in a job where my housing costs were covered and it took me a little bit of time to realize that the money I was not using toward rent cost should have been going toward savings and bills. However, as a young woman living in expensive San Francisco, I just wanted to live my life. Unfortunately, all that living put me in a place, put me in the place I am today, 30, still in debt and realizing it's um, long been the time where I needed to settle down and put things in order. So here's the crux of our question. My boyfriend wants to take our relationship to the next step and a large part of holding me back is feeling like I financially don't have my ish together. I'm halfway done with paying off my credit cards, but one of the cards is in collections and that collection agency has sent me notices about settling at a different lower cost, settling the debt. I'm wanting to get everything squared away, but I'm wondering if settling debt with collections agencies is a good idea or if it's just too good to be true. Any advice you can give me would be greatly welcome. Thank you. Oh, settling. So here's the thing. Well, one, you're 30. You're not like, I mean, and you, I remember when I turned 30 and I thought like, oh my God. I'm and San settled. Francisco is hella expensive. Yes. So that's one. And first of all, and sometimes you have this pause and pat yourself on the back that you've paid off half your credit card debt. Awesome. That's good. Um, when it comes to settling, I say this, if, if you're able to pay it, meaning like you're not like, oh my gosh, I'm eating tuna fish and um, you know, I won't be able to pay these bills or, you know, then, then I don't necessarily uh, suggest um, settling because you know, typically they'll put that on your on your credit report that you settled. Think about it this way. If you if you borrowed money from Mandy and you owed her for like ever and then finally, you know, you owed her a hundred dollars and then finally she's like, you know, just give me fifty. Fine. And you give her fifty and and then maybe a year later you ask to borrow money from me and then I say, Hold on, let me ask Mandy. Mandy, did said uh BA listener pay you back? And she says, Well, she paid me back some of it, settling. I'm not inclined to, pay, to, to to lend to you because it looks like, you know, you have a habit of not paying in full. And so that's why settling doesn't look good on your credit report because it looks like, yeah, you paid something, but nobody wants something. People want all of their money. So, you know, it, but settling is not always bad because if it's to me, if it's a huge amount of money where you're like, girl, there's just no way. Like I, you know, I remember um, it was a, a friend of mine. She owed like forty or fifty thousand dollars for a medical bill, and she was able to settle it for less than ten thousand. And she was a student or whatever, so she was like, it was, you know, she was older, but she was a student. Um, so, but anyway, it it just was a better choice for her to settle because she was not going to be able to pay that $50,000 and settling for like 8,000 or whatever it was, it was worth it to take the hit to her credit um, score. So it all kind of like depends. Like if you think you can pay it and you're kind of on track to pay it, I'd say, well, pay it. But because if you settle, you're going to take that hit. But if it's some crazy amount that you're like, I'm never going to get this off. I owe so much money then it might be worth it to settle. What say you, Mandy? Um, well, I was just going to, well, I feel like on the, on, it's definitely going to hurt your credit, but isn't your credit already kind of hurt once you have debt mm -hmm. collections? Like it's already on there. The damage is sort of done. Um, I think what people don't realize with debt settlement is two things. One, you need to have a lump sum of cash ready yep. to go like right away. It's not going to, you know, very, very rarely have I heard of someone being allowed to go on a debt settlement payment plan. Um, Unless it's like two payments. They might be like, okay, one now, one next one, but they're not going to let you do like piecemeal month to month. Right. 
And then number two is just realize that whatever debt is forgiven is going to be counted as income. Like you're going to get a tax form in the mail and you will have to probably pay taxes on that forgiven debt. Because really it's sort of like, you know, you borrow 10000 you settle for two. So really it's like they almost gave you $8,000 break. Um, well, you- this is well. This is what my my um my accountant said about that because I was worried about that about something I like foreclosed on my house and I thought that them settling basically me not having to pay the mortgage was going to make me have to pay the taxes on that. He told me that if you have a negative net worth at the time of settlement, meaning like you you owe more than you own, then they consider it insolvent and you're not going to be liable to pay taxes on forgiven debt. So you'd have to ask maybe a tax professional like well. Do I have a negative net worth? Because anything over $600 that you've settled is open to be taxed unless, you know, that, like I said, that you have a negative net worth, but you would want to ask maybe a tax professional to see. Um, yeah, because maybe, right, a, what'd you say? I was just going to say, I guess when it's a, it's a big house, like that's an expensive asset. Mm-hmm. So when it, when that goes negative, you're more likely to, to show a negative net worth. But if it's like a $1,000 credit card that's or... True you know, $5,000 student loan debt, um, it may not be enough. But yeah, I would definitely say whatever you if you settle a debt, for sure, consult an accountant first. Um, Because, you know, and when you when you settle a debt, you want to make sure you actually get a receipt of the settlement. So you have proof. And then you have to stay on top of your credit report and make sure that that it's been taken off and that the settlement shown um, the debt has been paid. Um, Because there's three different bureaus, they may not report it to all of them. Um, So it's a it's a uh, complicated answer, I guess. And sometimes you can ask this, not to say they will, but you can ask, and this is what you want to ask before you kind of sign. You can say, um, could you not report to the credit bureaus this as settled, maybe paid as agreed upon? Sometimes, you know, I've heard that there's a few of friends that I've suggested that to. It doesn't happen often, but sometimes a company, especially if you're giving a, a decent lump sum amount, um, will say, okay. You know, we will put that in your agreement that we're, we won't say settle, you know, but that's not that's not typical, but it just doesn't hurt to ask. So mm-hmm. and two, you, you're you going to have to negotiate like when it comes to settling. So I hope, you know, you want to get your negotiating skills up. This is what I say. Um, they're they're going to try to get you obviously to pay as much as possible. But to me, let's just say you owe 10,000 and they're willing to settle for nine. You're like, well, girl, bye. That's not settling. I always say go, like the Nigerian in me is like, man, go low. I start at 30% of the debt. And, you know, you guys will kind of work your way up. So if you owe 10000 say, look, and if you have to have it, I have $3,000 cash. And they might be like, oh, no. So you might work your way up to five. You know, so w- whatever it is. Um, so if you want to make sure that you have that five, because if you, if you reach that amount, then you don't want to be like, well, I, you know, I don't actually have that. So you're going to want to negotiate. Start really low, but have in your mind, I even though I'm gonna push for three, I actually have five thousand of the ten thousand saved, and you know that's really my max. And you can say that, like, look, I honestly only have this. So what do you want to do? Do you want this lump sum, or we can go back to me piecemealing you and paying you forever and ever and ever? So practicing your negotiation skills because you're gonna have to negotiate down. So start as low as you can and see. They may say no first and, you know, a month may go by and they may change their tune. Mm-hmm. Um, that's definitely happened before, too. But don't it's not the end of the world. It's not. You're 30. You'll figure it out. At least you're getting your shit together. I mean, isn't 30 the year of getting shit together? 
You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Well, that's what I like. But yeah. Hopefully 20, but sometimes 30. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what it is? What I've learned is I get, I've gotten older now that I'm 37 and seasoned. I realize that like every year you're getting your shit together. Like, honestly, like. Wait, I, I know we're never going to figure it out. No, you're not. You know, well, what you do figure out is that you become okay with not figuring it out. That's what I've, I'm, I'm in a place now where I still know nothing. But I'm like, I acknowledge I know nothing and I'm okay with it versus like where when I was in my 20s and my super early 30s, I used to think to myself, I should know this. I should have this. I should I should have it all together. Now at 37, I'm like, you know, when I'm like working with my staff and stuff. So like, well, what do you think I should do? I'm like, girl, I don't know. Let's figure it out. <laughs> I don't know. And you're okay with it. And um, yeah, you don't beat yourself up. I'm hoping, you know, I don't know, maybe my 35 plus plus BA listeners can chime in. I'm way more okay with not having control over every little thing. Um, I know how to delegate more. Uh, I, I still beat myself up a little bit, but not as much as I used to. And I'm better at communicating with myself and taking care of myself and being like, Tiffany, you're overwhelmed. Like even tonight, I was super excited because I was like, Superman, we haven't gone out in a while. You just went grocery shopping, even though it was my turn. And so I was like, well, let me treat you to a date tonight. He was like, woohoo, yes. Do I need to get dressed up? <laughs> so just even little things like that. Because sometimes I, I used to feel guilty. Like I would have beat myself up. Like it was your turn to go food shopping. Why didn't you go? Instead, I, you know, I try not to p- put that kind of on myself. Instead, I'm like, okay, he went food shopping, you know, but you haven't gone out and date in a while. So let's, let's lean into what you can do versus what you have not done. And also and so avoid cooking. I, What'd you say? And also avoid cooking those groceries. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm like, girl, anybody. And I just learned to lean in when I have the time, the space and the opportunity. So and then when I don't, trying not to make myself feel guilty about not not having the time, space and opportunity. This life is not necessarily easy, but it can be really good. I mean, you know, if, if you allow it to be, it's very easy to get overwhelmed. Yeah, and I it's said very- it. I've said it before and I'll say it again when it comes to finances. It's it's if you've ever struggled with your weight, you know, my whole life I've struggled with my weight up and down and up and down and you beat yourself up and you starve yourself and then you you know, you freak out and then you binge and then you starve yourself again, you beat yourself up and it's just like a constant it's like self flagellation and like I'm getting into you know, I'm late twenties now and I'm finally just like you can't like this vicious cycle of mm-hmm. being negative and depriving yourself and whether financially or with food for me food's always been sort of my vice more than money. Um, and it's sort of just like finally sort of getting into that balance. Like, yes, I had the most amazing lobster tails of my life in Savannah the other day, but like, maybe I won't have like, you know, a bunch of fried food this week. And it's like, just like, don't beat yourself up when you indulge and just know what you need to do to get back in that right balance afterward. Um, I, there's just so many parallels, I think, between eating and, and money, especially now. Um, and, I, I never succeed when I try and get healthy by kicking myself in the butt and like, you know, self-hating and like mm-hmm. being negative Nancy all the time. Um, so that's just my two cents. Be nice it's to yourself. I think, did I talk about this book? Oprah has this book called What I Know For Sure. Something to that effect. Yes, I, I, I downloaded the audiobook because of you, but I haven't listened yet. Perhaps I should. Yes, because and especially now. So I, I think I have it on my, my Kindle. And actually, I, I need to start reading it again. Because she did, she has something in there that helps significantly. Because 
Like sometimes I can get so overwhelmed that literally I will live in a state of overwhelm for like a week or two where every day I wake up overwhelmed, I live the whole day overwhelmed, I go to sleep overwhelmed. And just because there's so much to do sometimes, and it's not even just like work, like budget needs and stuff. It's like balancing that and life and home and family and just everything. And um, she has this exercise where she gives a, a joy grade um, to things that have happened. And that, that worked. So I'm just so glad I remembered it because I'm just thinking of it now. And it worked so well. Like, so she would say, for example, maybe she's eating ice cream and it's so good. She's like, ooh. So I think it's like one to five. She's like, ooh, this is like 2.5. That's like the, 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 on the Richter scale of joy. That's what I'm feeling right now. And then like, let's just say, you know, the sun is shining and she's like, oh, this is a three. Because what it's, what it does is it forces you to stop and acknowledge the good, small, large, otherwise, you know, mm-hmm. like, and I'm sure you've, you've done this, like, you know, you and fiance boo for whatever random reason, you'll kind of look at him. And then this little part of you inside is like, oh, I love him. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Right. You like know, like weird moments or he'll whatever. Like, that's what I was doing. I was leaving today. I'll and take the laundry down. Yeah. Just whatever. You know, like I'll look at like because, you know, you're just used to being with them. But, every, you know, I'll look and I'll look and I'm like, oh, look at Superman. He's just sitting there looking all goofy watching TV. <laughs> He's so cute. And so grading that joy, what it does is that it makes you stop and acknowledge it. And so I think I'm going to practice that today. Like, okay, as things happen, like, you know what? I'm having a good time with, like, I, I knew that us taping today was going to be, you know, hard. But, you know, I love doing our podcast. So this is joy. This is a, a three in, in joy that I'm feeling right now. Because it forces me, like I said, to stop, acknowledge, and, and celebrate it, even if it's just for a few seconds. So if we could all just practice that, like, you know, just, just acknowledge your joy give it a quick little grade and revel in it a little bit and then move on i like that mm-hmm. i be knowing it's just a three three out of what <laughs> out of five <laughs> okay <laughs> i mean five would be like oprah call and sitting down and having tea okay like three is pretty good oh my god <laughs> i could use an oprah hug i'll take an oprah hug or a michelle obama hug no, just, I, I just I, need something is like oh my gosh this is like there's no better a four i guess would be I don't even know. A four would be like, I don't know. I don't know. But you'll, anyways, know, you'll know it when you feel it. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I do. You know, like a five would be like, oh my God, Oprah called, Michelle is coming over, Beyonce's coming, we're doing nails, <laughs> we're eating pizza. <laughs> Beyonce doesn't eat pizza. Get out of here. <laughs> I know. I'm eating pizza. I'll have it for all of them. You know, Oprah's eating pizza. Here. <laughs> well, this has been therapeutic. Yes, it has. I hope it has been helpful for all you BA listeners. Um, send us your thoughts. Tweet us at the BA podcast or go to brownambitionpodcast.com. Yep. Send us an email. You'll find all of our contact info there. Love hearing from you guys. Yep. And we love you. Chin up. Forward. Yeah. Onward. Etc. Etc. <laughs> uh, all right, Mandy. Virtual hug. Virtual hug. Have a great, great day. You too.
the Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.